So Judy's ready to read the scripture, and I'm not going to give a lot of introduction to it because you're going to recognize it as soon as you hear it, I think. At least you're going to know the context if you don't know the words. It's right where Moses is standing next to a burning bush, and his life is about to take a major change and to go on a different path, to go on a road trip that he never would have planned on and, quite frankly, didn't want to take. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them out of the, that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I've also seen how the Egyptians oppressed them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He said, I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Thank you, Judy. Would you join me in prayer? Gracious, loving, and eternal God, we are trying to find our place. We are trying to find our next steps. We are, perhaps honestly, part of us just wants to hunker down and stay. Today it's not about what we fear or what we prefer. We come asking you to light a fire in us. Speak to us. And make sure that the steps we take from this place follow where you will lead us. Not my words. But your Holy Spirit we rely on in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. How many of you like a road trip? A lot of folks love road trips. Now, you understand that as soon as you said yes to that, you were immediately putting qualifiers on it. I'd like to take a road trip, some of you said, but as long as those folks aren't in the car, right? I'd like to take a road trip when the kids are older, not now. I'd like to take a road trip, but I want to go here. I'd like to take a road trip, but I don't want to really do a lot of the driving. I just want to fly there. There's something about a road trip that I absolutely love. Part of it is that introverted part of myself that loves being in the vehicle by myself. No disrespect to anybody I'm married to <laughs> or, or children that I have begot. But I prefer just being in the car by myself because then I can choose when the window stays down. I can choose what's on the radio and I can drive the back roads as long as I want. I really think the dysfunction of families, if there is such a thing in the world today, lies in the fact that you no longer get in the back of a Pontiac 
with your siblings and drive for 10 hours while your dad sits in the front seat and says, well, stop when I say we'll stop. I mean, I, re I remember when we used to ride in the back and there was not the thought of a screen. The only thing we had to do was aggravate each other, which we did, and try to collect, uh, you know, how many out-of-state license plates do you have versus what I... You remember those days? Some of you do. Road trips are fantastic because they take you places that you otherwise never thought you would be to see things you never thought you would see to stumble upon surprises and treasures. And sometimes there isn't anything better about a road trip than just, just driving, just going down the road. I love that. But I want to control my road trips. I want to be in charge of my road trip. I want to be able to go where I do want to go, even if it's wandering. I don't like being told which way to turn. I'm very conditional about my road trips. And sometimes it's just easier to fly there than to put up with all the other stuff to not have the road trip to go the way I want. Moses is told to go on a road trip. And I want to put the story in context for you. The Hebrews had come into Egypt 400 years before the, the scripture comes to be, and they came and they were welcomed and they were honored and they revered, and yes, they were refugees, but they had a place and they served a purpose and the Pharaoh was thrilled to have them and that was all fine and good, but then politics changed and you know how that occurs. And then now all of a sudden, the Pharaoh is the one who actually has come to blame these refugees for all the problems of the world, come to despise them and says, you know, I don't really want you guys here. In fact, let's go ahead and kill the firstborn of them. And so that's how you get the story of Moses, who has to leave his mom and put in a basket and floated down a river to be raised by someone else who wasn't his mama, to have a false identity, not be able to claim who he really was, to rise to actually a rank of power, all the while living that imposter reality, not letting folks really know who he was, because had he done that, his status, his position, perhaps even his life would be taken from him. And then the day comes when, in this middle of a living a successful lie, he sees an Egyptian abusing a Hebrew, and he goes over and stops the fight and ends up killing the Egyptian. So now he's committed murder, and now he's on the run, and so he runs away and hides, and he finds himself in Midian, and there he finds himself in the employment of a man who has these daughters, and he marries one of the daughters, he works for his father-in-law, and he's relatively safe. He's not in any place that he would call his home, but he was safe. And maybe for the first time in his life, feeling a little relaxed that he could here just sort of tend his flocks and be with his wife and live safe life. And, and one day he comes across in that burning bush and we all think, oh, I wish I had a burning bush. Do you really? I mean, things were going okay for Moses up till he got up to this burning bush. Or at least so he thought. 
Because he stands by this burning bush, and of course we understand it's, it's the, the Scripture's way of saying to us he was in the presence of God. And so God speaks to him and tells him he's standing on holy ground, and he takes his shoes off, and he stands there on this holy ground. And now for a moment, maybe for a brief moment, he thinks, this is really it. I'm not only a place of safety, I've got a wife, I'm, I'm established, I'm standing in the presence of God, this is holy, this is fantastic. And then he listens to what God really has to say to him. You got to get up out of here. You can't stay here. I've heard the cries of my people. They are oppressed. They're being abused. And I'm not going to let that stay. We're going to lead them out from slavery and bondage. We're going to take them to freedom. Who's we, God? (laughs) You and me. Say what? No, 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 no. I can't go on that road trip. You see, I got a wife. I got a flock. No. No, yes, you're going to, no, I I can't speak well. No, you're going. Isn't it interesting to discover that you might finally, at the end of your days, not the end of his life, but the end of this part of his journey, he gets to the place where he feels he ought to be the ultimate safe and realizes, no, God's going to say he can't stay here. It mirrors what happens to the Hebrews. They you know how the story goes. He eventually does go, and you know the story. And if you don't, you'll come across it in the next couple of weeks as we unpack more of that. He goes and he gets the people released, and he's leading them out away from Egypt, and you know, there's Pharaoh chases and Red Sea, and you know, get. You've seen the movie. I'm not going to act like you haven't. 45 days, 45 days, get this, 45 days in freedom. And the Hebrews start complaining. It's a road trip. You're going to Florida, and you haven't even hit the Ohio line, and the kids in the back are complaining that the movie on the screen in front of them in their seat is jumping somehow. Oh, these poor, oppressed children. You understand. Because Moses... And, and the Israelites, I think, had fallen into that false understanding to believe the purpose of faith was to take us to a place of comfort and safety and sameness. They believed somehow that if you got right with God and God got right with you, you'd be able to put yourself in a condo of comfort, in a theology of not thinking anymore, in a space where you no longer had to wrestle with anything. But they were wrong. And in the story, right in the place where they get to where God is closest to them, they hear God say, you can't stay here. Do you know something about that? We have a tendency to want to pursue a faith that we think will take us to a place where we no longer have to stress. Now, there's something about coming into the presence of God that is sanctuary, that is peace. Certainly that is true. But like Moses and like the Israelites, the question I want to pose to you this morning is simply this. Have you falsely believed that Jesus was calling you out to follow your faith so that you can find a place where you will no longer have to deal with the conflicts of the world, the confusion and stress of life, that maybe you think your reward is quiet, serene calmness? Do you believe that? 
If so, why don't you pick up your Bible and read it? For Jesus never promised that, and it goes all the way back to the time of Moses. Okay, so let's get into Jesus so that you won't be just, well, he's just talking about that Old Testament stuff. No, Jesus was gathered with his disciples in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It talks about how they went up on the mountain. And there on that mountain, the transfiguration, that thing that none of us fully understand. But that's okay. Do you think you understand a lot about Jesus? You don't. We try to, but there's stuff that eludes us. And the transfiguration is one of those where somehow all of a sudden there's Moses and Elijah and Jesus, and they're transfigured into beings other than worldly, other than human. And the disciples see this, and they are blown away by this, and this is clearly a holy moment. They're standing in a holy place, and what do they want to do? Stay. I want to stay right here. Can we put your tent right here? I want to stay right here. I don't want to go back down to the valley. I don't want to go back with those people. I don't want to deal with those issues. To which Jesus says, sure, you can stay here, no issue. Not. No, you're not staying here. You have a place of respite. You're standing on holy ground. It's a special place, yes? Get fed, get filled, and go, because you can't stay here. Our faith has always been, from the very beginning of Scripture, a journey. It is not a destination. It is not a place where you get to stop and say, well, I got here, and I've got as much as I need to know, and I've done as much as I need to do. When is it that you think you have received enough experienced knowledge that you can stop and just stay where you are and be faithful? The journey with God is one that caused us to go to places that we didn't think we would want to go to. To open up our minds and our hearts to things we never thought possible or could possibly be right. To go where God leads is an invitation for us to be willing to dare to grow and change. Change? Wait a minute. What's change? I can't deal with change in my life. I thought being with God and being the church meant I could find a place where nothing was going to change. Well, guess what? (laughs) It's all changed. Well, I thought God never changed. You, You preachers told me that God is one who is constant and never changes. Well, I think that's actually true. Who of you think have got it figured out enough, though, you have the full understanding of who God is? I don't think God's changed, but I can sure tell you this. My perspective of God has changed over the years. My understanding of what God might be trying to say to me has changed over the years. It's not because God is vacillating. It's because I'm growing up. And i got a lot of growing up yet to do. I'm nowhere near ready to say, well, i got God figured out. In fact, more to the truth, the longer I continue to search after God and God searches after me in the name of Jesus Christ, I discover the less I know and the more I have to have faith and trust. This is why I really find it interesting when people in the church have opinions What are you talking about? 
Oh, I believe this. This is what. Okay, this is where you got to so far in your journey. And I'm not saying that belittling or discrediting. That's just, it's an acknowledgement, right? Man, I used to believe things pretty passionately a few years ago. But I now know that's where I was in that point in my journey, but it wasn't where God was going to leave me. Which is why I... Why in faith community, I'm not talking about this congregation, I'm talking about the larger body of Christ. Why do we dare fight with each other about what we disagree on? Why can't we just say, this is where I've gotten to in my faith journey? And, I, and I'm going to live as faithful as I can to what I know, but I'm going to be willing to change and accept that possibly something's going to come down the road to blow up a lot of what I think today, and that's okay. It happened to Moses. Standing on holy ground, his entire world got blown up. I just got to a place of safety. No, you got to get up out of here. Now, you can choose not to. That's okay. It's just you won't be standing on holy ground anymore. Catch this, folks. Why was Moses calling where he was standing holy ground? It wasn't because of the GPS coordinates. It was because that's where God was. And God was saying, you got to get up out of here because I'm not staying here either. I'm going to go free my people. And if you want to stay in holy ground, you got to go where I'm going. Which is sometimes I think what happens in our faith journeys, we find God in a particular place, in a comfort zone that we like, and we go, oh, why can't it just stay like it is? Because God isn't staying there. God called you. God used it as a moment of deliverance for you. God came and changed the world for you. Yes. And then got up out of there because there was more to do. And you got to go with them. You got to go. What's the point of this sermon? It's just from one person on a journey to others, I hope, who are on a journey too. Please take a look at where you are and consider if you're going where God is leading you or if you're just hunkered down because you're too old, too stubborn, too opinionated to want to be open to other possibilities. Maybe you're too young and there's too much going on in your life right now. You don't have the time to commit to maybe dare risking that God might say, everything you got planned right now, no, you're going to go this way instead. Maybe you're too afraid to find out what God might want to do with you in this moment. I get it. Moses was afraid. The Israelites got afraid a lot. Wherever you are in your faith journey today, that's an honest expectation, that's an honest affirmation. There's nothing wrong with taking an assessment of where you are today. In fact, I highly encourage it. But then the next question is, what's next? Where does God need me to go? Because one of the things I've come to love about this is God is always inviting us on a road trip. God is always saying, hey, why don't we 
think about this. Why don't we move here? Why don't we go do this? It's not because God is vacillating. It's because God is allowing us to grow up and mature. Even maybe to the point we can tolerate people who don't agree with us because we understand they're on a journey too. So we won't vilify them or talk bad about them, but we will recognize that there are differences, and that's okay. But we're all on a journey. And I'd rather have some unsettling stirring in my gut, thinking that maybe I'm moving to a place I'm not sure about, but that's where God is leading me, than sit comfortable, complacent, bored, and ornery. Because this is where I saw God last. You can't stay here is what God said to Moses. You can't stay here, Israelites. you got to come out of here. And even 45 days in the trip, they were complaining. And God said, oh, no, you can go back. No, he didn't say that. Where you are today is where you begin the next step of your journey. But please, if you hear nothing else about this sermon, please do this. Don't work hard to stay where you are. Be willing to trust in the God who says you can't stay here because I got something better for you planned and we're going. May you go well and may we go together. In the name of Christ, amen.